Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Hello again and welcome to Las Vegas. Today, you'll meet a couple of people who represent the uniqueness of Vegas. At first, you know you'll be surrounded in luxury when you visit Las Vegas, but what if you bring your dog? It turns out your hound can live the good life as well if they visit the Hydrant Club in downtown Las Vegas. You'll meet the club's owner, Kathy Brooks. Next, do you like Indian food? A lot of us do, but unfortunately can't cook it. Today, you'll discover a place that not only serves wonderful Indian cuisine, but provides classes from an internationally renowned chef and a place to buy the sometimes hard-to-find spices to prepare it. You'll meet Chef Tarun Kapoor of the Urban Turban Restaurant. Finally, a visit with our regulars. First, Pawn Stars art expert Brett Maley of Art Encounter discusses some of the great eccentric artists. Then your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about the big return of Wolfgang Puck to the Las Vegas restaurant scene. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggie is for sale. When you think of Las Vegas, you think about being pampered, about luxury, and really kind of the exotic life. Well, if you're a dog and you happen to live in this area, there's a place where you can live that very life. It's called the Hydrant Club, and I'm with Kathy Brooks, the owner and proprietor of the Hydrant Club. It's a fascinating place in downtown Las Vegas. First of all, Kathy, this place is is terrific. Whatever gave you the idea to put something together? Because I've seen doggy daycare, but I've seen nothing like this. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll apologize in advance because uh, this dog that I have in my lap right now, uh, <laughs> he he may vocalize just a, just a touch. So um, I came here to Las Vegas in the summer of 2012, uh, 2010. 10? Scratch that. I'll reverse that. I came here in the summer of 2012. It all blurs together. Uh, on vacation, actually, uh, at the invitation of Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos. Uh, I knew him from my time in the technology industry, which is where I spent a couple of decades prior to my dog, my dog life. And uh, I came here on vacation that summer with, with my eldest and, at that time, only dog, Truman, and, and saw that there were scant resources in this downtown neighborhood that was being redeveloped for people who have dogs. And uh, from as simple as a, a clean, safe place to take your dog off leash and let them run around and play, uh, to buying you know higher-end, proper dog food and treats, to bathing your dog. Um, there were some great veterinarians in the area, but that was pretty much it for resources. And when I, when I asked people, because I ran into a lot of people with dogs, it's an urban environment, so lots of people have canines. And uh, I asked, would ask them, you know, so where do you take your dog? And, and the answers um, were, were shocking, but not shocking to me. Because really within 24 hours of arriving on this vacation, I saw two things uh, very clearly. A, there were a lot of dogs in this very small, relatively small footprint of space. And B, very few of those dogs or their owners had what I would describe as urban dog handling skills, urban etiquette with a canine. Um, things like how do you enter and exit an elevator? How do you navigate narrow spaces like hallways, uh, turning hallways in apartment buildings, parking structures and garages, crowded sidewalks, cafes, all of these things that are part of any any urban landscape. How do you deal with passing another dog on the sidewalk with a wheelchair or a skateboard going by? And how does your dog deal with those things? Um, and the answer in what I saw a little over five years ago was 
not well, badly, and near catastrophic um, in, in varying shades depending on you know, whose path I might cross at any given point in time. And so over the course of the 10 days that I was here on that vacation uh, with Truman, I had a number of conversations literally daily because I was wandering around down here with a 65-pound large shaggy dog who looks like something out of a Muppet movie. And so he drew lots of attention. People assumed that I lived here as a permanent resident because I was here with a 65 pound dog. And so I got into a lot of conversations with people, you know, where do you go? What do you do? And, and what I said before about not being surprised is that people would say, oh, well, I kind of walk them out on the sidewalk. I might get to Red Rock on the weekend, or I take them to Mount Charleston on the weekend if I can, or I drive once a week to this park, or I drive every couple of weeks to that park. And, and so that level of, or I should say that lack of level of, of social interaction and engagement was part of the reason the dogs weren't socialized. But it's a double-edged sword. You need to expose your dog to the things that, to which they have ad- adverse reactions in order to socialize them to them. But if you don't know how to expose your dog and you don't socialize them properly, what you get is not just more of the same, but an exponential factor of worse. And, and here's the thing. Humans and dogs don't speak the same language. The fact that we've been living in symbiosis for 15,000 years at this point is nothing short of a minor miracle, actually. And in, I would say, about 80% of the time, our reaction, response, and communication to a dog at any given point in time, trying to get them to not do something, is antithetical to what we're actually... So what we say and what we do is actually telling the dog the exact opposite. And and so what we get is a temporary stasis of a bad behavior that just comes back. So I hear a lot of things like, well, my dog comes when I call him most of the time. Sometimes my dog walks well on the leash and sometimes they pull. My dog doesn't always run out the front door. My dog doesn't always jump on people. Right? So I, you get this super inconsistent behavior. And because of the inconsistency, people aren't sure what they're going to get, so they don't take their dog out. And then the dog never gets out. never. Get, so it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy of bad behavior. And so over the course of the 10 days that I was here with Truman, all of these conversations every day about what this community could look like could potentially look like. You can just see from the atmosphere in here, it's not what people would expect. I think people that come to places where they drop off dogs, they see people that love dogs and animals and so forth, but you see some dogs off on the side unhappy. You smell, it has a certain smell. This has none of that. It seems almost kind of like a doggy paradise. So was that kind of what you envisioned as you were thinking about how to uh, bring these dogs really into the urban 21st century? Short answer, yes. Uh, Longer answer, so one of my uh, complaints and concerns regarding the vast majority of dog facilities, and and to be clear, I mean no disrespect nor disregard um, nor dilution of the importance and the value of any kind of dog facility. Um, You know, there are some dogs that need to be in facilities where they are crated, kenneled, or caged because they don't play nicely with others, because they're not dogs that get along with others, and that's who they are, and that's okay. Not every dog is going to fit in an environment where it is open play, so all sizes are together, all breeds are together, there's no breed restriction, that sort of thing. So it's not for every dog, and that's okay. And so I think of it, you think of it, first of all, in in the same way that you might think of education of a child. There's some kids who thrive in a pretty standard old school, desks in rows, alphabetized seats, teacher at the front, blackboard, raise your hand. There are kids that thrive in that. There are other kids who thrive in a Montessori environment. There are other kids who need to go to an arts school or a science academy or a mathematical academy. And there's some kids who need to go to military school. And not a single one of those kids is bad, wrong, different, or stupid because they need a certain kind of environment in order to thrive. It is who they are. When you play into who they are, they get to be the best version of themselves. So when I thought about what kind of dog facility did I want to have, I did the way most entrepreneurs solve a problem. What is the problem I have that I want to solve? What is something that I would use for me. You'll hear more from Kathy Brooks, proprietor of the Hydrant Club, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi on the BizTalk Radio Network. How much is that dog 
doggie in the window. <laughs> I do hope that doggie's for sale. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, that bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. The action is hot. The atmosphere cool. And the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms. 70 lanes of bowling. An 18-screen movie theater. 8,000-seat arena. Fabulous dining. Virtual reality. A giant race and sports book. And the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the Strip. Minutes from the airport. With rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. Do you know anyone suffering from pain? Get pain-relieving thermoskin braces and TEN therapy at little to no cost with private and Medicare insurance. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. 800-256-1143. Use reference code NCR9715. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. Use reference code NCR9715. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue-generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. One zero nine nine. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Marcel Pagnon, prominent French novelist, playwright, and man of letters, was the first filmmaker to be elected into the prestigious Académie Française. He is best known for two autobiographical novels made into a pair of charming films by Yves Robert in 1990. There are few more joyous expressions of the bonds of boyhood friendship and the discovery of adult hypocrisy than My Father's Glory and My Mother's Castle. Each is set at the turn of the century in the barren hills of Provence, just outside Marseille. The first tells of Marcel's summer holiday in a cottage in the country where he befriends young Lily, who offers to teach him the secrets of survival and self-sufficiency. In the sequel, My Mother's Castle, Marcel's family returns to the cottage for Christmas vacation. There, he renews his friendship with Lily, meets a girl, and watches his father struggle with compromising his refined sense of integrity and honesty. The simplicity of the storytelling, the natural skills of the cast, young and old, and the magnificent photography of Provence make this extraordinary set of films a must-see. My Father's Glory and My Mother's Castle. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. To suggest your favorite independent films for consideration, or even to submit your own review, visit us on the web at www.indiefilmminute.com. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than vitalvegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. 
What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yeah. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Kathy Brooks, whose Hydrant Club, located in downtown Las Vegas, can pamper your pooch on its next visit. And so when I was in the Bay Area, there was a fellow who I used for the care of my dog Truman when I traveled. I traveled an enormous amount in my old work. I worked from home when I was home, or I had the kind of work at home where he could come with me, so I didn't need daycare. But out of any four weeks of any given month, I was traveling easily half of it. So I needed some place for him to stay that felt like home, looked like home, was a second home for him, a place where he was going to feel that he was with someone all day because he was with me all the time. So he wasn't used to being in a cage, in a kennel, in a crate, being left alone in a space without a human, sleeping in a room. He could be in a fancy suite, in a fancy pet hotel, but he'd still be in a room by himself. And that's not what he was used to. Some dogs don't sleep in the same room as their humans. And that's cool. That's totally cool. Again, I say that with no disrespect or judgment. It just is what it is. And so I found this fellow. It started out because he was in an old Victorian that was adjacent to my apartment building. So I knew him as a neighbor. And he walked away from a uh, a corporate career. He was in, you know, I think, a travel American Express travel department, and he one day walked in, looked at his, turned on his computer, turned it off, walked into his boss's office, and quit. Like that—that's kind of the the story. He ended up doing working with a friend who had a pet sitting, dog walking, cat sitting business. He found that he really liked it. Didn't really want to do the cat part of it. Started his own dog daycare boarding business. He ran it out of his home at first, and he continues to have a home based business. But he moved to a couple of different places, and each time he moved, he moved to a home that was a little bigger, a little more designed for the dogs. And and my dogs followed him. My my last dog Archie who preceded Truman was his very first client. There were days where I knew I'd be in meetings all day, and in those cases, I would drop Archie off with Ted for the day. Um, And then if I was going out of town, that was where Archie stayed, and that became where Truman stayed. Um, When I have gone back to the Bay Area with all of my dogs, guess where we go? We go, we go to Uncle Ted's house. And he has this home-based business. He doesn't advertise. He doesn't market. He's not on social media. He only takes clients by direct referral of existing clients. And he's been around north of 20 years with a very thriving, beautiful, thriving business. And so what I saw in his business uh, was a great degree of care. These dogs are like his own. He has his own dogs, but these, the clients are family and friends and have become family and friends, and the dogs are like his own. And I thought, I want to do that. I wonder if that can be done at a slightly higher scale. Because, it's of course, it's in his home. So there's only so big it can be. There are only so many dogs he can have, and just because he's limited by a physical space of a home environment. So how can that happen in a business space? And so that really became my inspiration, if you will, for where I really wanted to go with the business. Um, he remains not only a good friend, but someone who I call when I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So, so that became my inspiration. And I started thinking about, well, if you're looking at this downtown environment, you know, we don't have a place to bathe our dogs. We don't have a convenience store right here for good high-end dog food and treats. We need daycare. We need boarding. We need a park. And so I put all of these things together. Um, There is no other facility like this anywhere in the United States. There are a number that are very similar. There's one facility in Alpharetta, Georgia called Wolfbrook. Um, uh, The woman who owns it was someone who was very kind to me as I was preparing to open my business and and gave me a lot of her time on the phone to give me some advice and counsel and listen to some of my crazy ideas. Um, In her case, it's a 12 to 14 acre 
property. Um, it is her property. Her home is on the property. So it's a little bit of a different environment. It's a, a, a definitely Alpharetta, Georgia is a lot more rural than this. Um, there are plenty of dog daycares. There are plenty of dog clubs. There are some private dog parks. Um, but there is no place that is a private social club that has these aspects to it. There's some other facilities from other cities that have come here and have added some things to their businesses because of what they saw here. Um, but there is no place, there isn't any place that's exactly, exactly like it. And, um, and I'm good with that. You know, we, uh, you know, the number one rule in marketing is if you have no competition, maybe there's not a market for it. And what I'd say is, um, there's plenty of competition, uh, you know, in the dog care space. I mean, it's a 63 billion, with a B, dollar industry. Now, not all of that is daycare and boarding. That is veterinary care. That is pet supplies. It is grooming. It is training. It is all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there are a number of businesses. If you do a search for dog boarding or dog daycare in the city of Las Vegas, you get a lot of folks. Um, I don't tend to go to events where they have lots of dog care facilities because um, we're not exactly like them. I had one woman call me and say, when are you going to drop your prices so that they're like everybody else's in town? I said, uh, so besides never, because we don't offer the same kind of service as anyone else in town. Our dog to handler ratio is lower than any other place in town here. Uh, we have a, a maximum of about 15 dogs per handler. Um, and that's, you know, most places are 20 to 25. That's what they'll tell you. And the truth is it's closer to 40 or 50, but they're creating kenneling and caging, you know? And so that's how they, that's how they manage that. If you have any interest in this, you know, if you live here, you want to bring your dog here, but if you're coming from another area, you should get a hold of Kathy because this is the Rolls Royce of these things. I, it's incredible. Let me ask you, first of all, how does the place go? There's all these dogs here, right? And it's relatively quiet, and there's no smell, and every it, it just seems like you know when you when you call it a social club, this almost strikes me as those pictures used to have the dogs playing poker. Everybody's just having a good time here, <laughs> and uh, and again, I know part of that just from what we talked about before we even started the interview is. Not just anybody can come here. By anybody, I mean any dog can come here. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of rules, and for good reason. Why don't you talk a little about that? It's not just an automatic that you'll take any dog that's walking down the street. Sure. I mean, and the truth is, we turn away about a third of the dogs that come for their uh, evaluations. Um, so we are different uh, in a lot of different ways. The first, the the uh, what I call the membership interview process. Um, is is a, a, on the onerous side. And, uh, you know, we've got an application that you have to fill out on our website first. I mean, we're actually going to be making that application itself a little bit easier um, just because, you know, we'd rather have people come through the door and ask a lot of the additional questions. But our health requirements are more stringent than any other facility in town. Um, we require the usual stuff, um, rabies, distemper, parvo, Bordetella. Those are kind of the big ones that everyone requires. Uh, we also require canine influenza and leptospirosis. We also require that the dog have had a fecal test within the last six months, testing for all ova and parasites, including Giardia, and that they provide the actual report from that test showing negative. We, and we require all of those things be delivered to us prior to the dog even walking through our front door. We need to make sure that all of those things are sound. If a dog is missing a vaccine, there's a five to seven day waiting period after the dog gets the shot before they're permitted to enter. Kathy Brooks, owner of the Hydrant Club in downtown Las Vegas, will be back with final thoughts in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi on the BizTalk Radio Network. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally caught up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. 
Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue-generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099 800-445-1099 1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. The action is hot. The atmosphere cool. And the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms. 70 lanes of bowling. An 18-screen movie theater. 8,000-seat arena. Fabulous dining. Virtual reality. A giant race and sports book. And the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the Strip. Minutes from the airport. With rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. Do you know anyone suffering from pain? Get pain-relieving thermoskin braces and TEN therapy at little to no cost with private and Medicare insurance. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. 800-256-1143. Use reference code NCR9715. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. Use reference code NCR9715. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Dennis Farina is one of those character actors we all recognize. He's been in so many films, we could consider him an old friend. The Last Rites of Joe May opens with Farina as Joe leaving a hospital after a bout with tuberculosis. A short money hustler all his life, he has always looked for the big score that will make him. He is supremely proud of his self-image, but there is little else to him. Returning to his long-time apartment, he discovers that his landlord has rented it to a hard-luck nurse and her daughter, believing Joe gone for good. But the nurse takes pity on him and lets him stay, hoping that the few extra bucks may lead to her own road out of poverty and an abusive relationship. With dwindling funds, Joe downs good whiskey at the neighborhood watering hole and rents a chauffeured sedan to go ask Billy, the local crime boss, for a job. Seeing through Joe's thin veneer, Billy Millie plays cruel games with the washed-up small-time hustler. In the end, there is satisfying redemption of sorts, but this bleak film shines brightest as a fine showpiece for an old friend at last in his own featured star tour. The Last Rites of Joe May. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
You're listening to Kathy Brooks of the Hydrant Club in downtown Las Vegas. Well, you were talking about not breeds specifically, but I'd always heard like breeds like, for example, Dalmatians. They were so high strung and so forth. They were, you know, constantly crazed. Is there something even to that? Or is it, is it again, one of those things where each dog is really individual and has its own, uh, you know, set of standards and so forth? If you have two very smart humans and they have children the likelihood that the offspring of those two individuals are going to have a certain degree of intelligence is greater than zero. They could also have a child who is dumb as a bag of hammers. So there's a, there was a chart of dogs that was made once. It was called the intelligence of dogs. And, uh, and it proposed that there are some breeds that are smarter than others. So we have that the dog is the most man-made species on the planet. There are only a handful of naturally occurring lines of canid in the world. The rest we have made. We have made them by selective breeding over the course of thousands and thousands of years. So in that process, we have teased out various and sundry skills and qualities from uh, behavioral skill sets and temperament to looks. Um, and so when I look at, say, a hunting dog, or I look at any of the working dog breeds, so German Shepherd, Rottweiler, Doberman, et cetera, et cetera. When I look at these dogs, they have been made and designed for very specific purposes. The likelihood that they are going to be very high drive, the likelihood that they are going to have a very high prey drive, the likelihood that when they get their teeth on something, that they are going to dismantle it the likelihood that they are going to tear things apart if they don't get the mental and physical activity they need is as close to 100% as you're gonna get. It is why I, as a dog care professional who work with dogs all day long, every day, don't have specific breeds because of the vigilance they take in order to be a really good human for them. The day that I don't do this for a living is the day I'll have a German Shepherd. Right? I love them. It's one of my favorite breeds. But I don't have one right now for a very, very good reason. Awesome dogs. They require a lot of attention. You shouldn't maybe, I mean, maybe have two, but you really should have one. They're great only dogs. They're not necessarily group play dogs. Um, they're not necessarily great in daycare. And again, I'm painting with a very broad brushstroke. Doesn't mean that there hasn't been a German Shepherd that's done well here or in other daycares. Um, but at the end of the day, a dog is a dog is a dog and push to its extreme, put in an uncomfortable situation, or stressed to either end of a behavioral spectrum, a dog will always do what a dog does. It will use its teeth to solve a problem because that's what they do. Now that your dog is taken care of, maybe it's time for a bite to eat. Indian food sounds good, but why just have a great meal when you can also learn how to cook it? When you visit Las Vegas, there's cuisines from all over the world. And what better thing, as people are getting more into cooking at home and so forth, to kind of learn how to cook one of those cuisines. One of the ones that there's a lot of misconceptions about that we'll talk about is Indian food. People love it. They don't know how to cook it. They're kind of afraid of it. But we've got the person for you to talk about. One of the best chefs there is in the Indian cuisine. His name is Chef Tarun Kapoor, and he works for... Urban Turban, which is at Las Vegas. Of course, you can get it. Uh, we'll give you the address on Paradise Road. Well, Chef, welcome to the show. Wanted to ask you, first of all, don't you think there is kind of a conception? I think a lot of people feel that Indian food's going to be hard to do or they got spices that you just can't get, that kind of thing. Uh, well, yes, you're very, very right. When you say people don't know about the Indian food, and my whole idea of doing these cooking classes is to make people more aware about what they are eating what they are getting into, and, you know, they are ready to experiment. You know, I mean, it's not that hard as it sounds. It's pretty easy, and once you get hold of it, you know, you, uh, you, yeah. can, you can do wonders. Well, you know, it is great food. Most people really enjoy it, but the problem is, I guess, because they're just not part of the average, everyday American uh, meal plan, that they just, it's one of these treats that seems far out. So your idea is to show that, this is something you can take from here, and you can have this whenever you want it at home. It's really not hard to do necessarily, or, you know, it's all approachable, available. That's the whole idea, you know, because if you don't know about anything, you perceive it in a very, very different way. 
you know which can be good but yeah most of the time it's in the it's negative for that thing and but once you know about something you know you're ready to try it out you know and recommend it to others as well and i guess indian food is coming out and uh, more and more people are willing to uh, try it out and we've been getting a lot of repeat customers which is a very very good sign that yes we are you know we are moving in the right track you know this is what it shows when you get repeat customers that yeah. you are moving in the right track absolutely and there's a certain advantage in las vegas in that if you will get repeat uh, customers and so forth the competition is so great that that says a lot about the restaurant and so forth. And, you know, I was looking at your background. I'm not going to talk a little about that. I mean, uh, you went to a place which they say in India is uh, very prestigious, the Institute of Hotel Management, PUSA. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. What is that? Yes, you are pronouncing it correctly. It's called the PUSA, New Delhi. Uh, the, the name of the institute is PUSA, mm-hmm. and it's in the capital, the New Delhi. And uh, that's the, the best college for the culinary arts in the, all across India. And, um, you know, I graduated from that school, and after graduating from that school, I had the uh, honor, I should say, to work in the, one of the prestigious hotel chains. It's like um, uh, the, the leading hotel chain of India. It's called the Taj Group of Hotels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked at uh, their property, their premium property in Delhi. It is Taj Palace Hotel, New Delhi. Yeah. It was one of the largest hotels in Delhi and one of the most premium ones. And we used to do a lot of conference, and uh, we used to. It was it was a very very busy hotel. The the scale of operations was huge, award winning restaurants, Michelin star chefs working in those restaurants. It was very very great, you know. And yeah. after that, I uh, they posted me to the air catering unit where I was made in charge of um, the upper class kitchen, wherein the food for the upper class, uh, like the business class and the first class for the all the airlines. Like the Singapore Airlines, the Cathay Pacific, I, yeah. w- I was the one who started American Airlines in Delhi as well. So you you come from a place where everybody's cooking this cuisine. So obviously, to reach some of the awards you've gotten, and so forth, puts you at the top of the game. So now you come to Las Vegas in a place where there is food from all over the world, but at the same time, maybe there's not a lot of knowledge about that. Is that kind of what gave you the idea of of kind of teaching a class? In other words, to let people really know uh, about the cuisine and all and, you know all the things that you learned to really share that with folks that really are unfamiliar with it. Sure, sure. You know, when we get a lot, uh, when we get people in our restaurant, they might uh, take the suggestion from a waiter and just order anything, have it, like it or dislike it, and then just um, you know give their feedback on Yelp and just walk away. And but my whole idea is to make uh, an engagement between the guest and the chef who's making the food. You know, because there's a big difference in the knowledge which a chef has yeah. and what a, what a server has. You know, a server has very very limited knowledge about what he is serving. He has knowledge, I mean, but the knowledge is very, very limited to his scope of work. Right. But when you talk to a chef, a person who knows the in and out of that food, particular food, uh, you know, this uh, he, he makes that food more interesting, you know. This is the feedback which I have got from my previous classes as well. Like, like it, the interaction level between the chef uh, or the, the, the cooking class uh, demonstrator and the audience, it's great, you know, people don't uh, really ask questions related to the class, but they clear out their entire doubts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's about the engagement. It's about the interaction, engagement, you know? So people, people uh, making, basically, it's making people more aware about what they are uh, getting into. Yeah, well, I like the idea, too, of learning it. People can follow recipes and you can find the things, but someone like yourself can, can talk about what a little bit more or a little bit less of a particular ingredient means and how you can shift flavors and so forth i mean that's where the real art of cooking comes from yes recently i had my spice mixing class at one of the communities in las vegas Mm -hmm. and uh, you know the response was overwhelming and a lot of people from that class they actually came back to my restaurant and then not only came to make came back to the restaurant they enrolled for the cooking class and then you know they became my repeat customers Oh, that's great. That's great. Let's talk about what this is. So it's Friday nights from 530 to 730 at the Urban Turban. You're going to do all the things we've just been talking about and so forth. But what a great deal for 40 bucks. Not only do you learn all this stuff, but you get to eat some great food, too. I mean, people must love that. Even if they decide, well, you know, I don't want to do this type of cooking. It's just got to be a fun thing to at least understand and get to taste all that great food. 
Of course, it is. It's going to be very, very fun. It's going to be very engaging. I'm going to be inviting the audience to come and help me out and, you know, preparing the dishes, um, doing the mise en place, like the preparation, the cooking, the stirring, you know. So people people can always ask their doubts, what their uh, concerns are. Like if, suppose, um, like if I'm cooking a, veg- uh, a chicken dish, this, you know, this is what I suggest to my people also. Uh, there are two parts of cooking. You know, half is the recipe and half is your creativity. More in a moment from Chef Tarun Kapoor of Urban Turban. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. Do you know anyone suffering from pain? Get pain-relieving thermoskin braces and TENS therapy at little to no cost with private and Medicare insurance. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. 800-256-1143. Use reference code NCR9715. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. Use reference code NCR9715. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue-generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. One zero nine nine. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have every week different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history. And if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. In 1999, some talented people got together to create a new way to bring films to life. Planning to take advantage of emerging digital technology, they founded Indigent Films, a moniker conflated from independent digital entertainment. Based in New York, their business plan called for making digitally shot films with known talent at extremely low budgets. Everyone, director, actor, and crew, worked for the same low wage. Rewards came equally to all, including the freedom to create their art and a piece of any financial success down the road. This model led to a certain kind of film, often referred to as a New York talkie. With no budget for travel, films were locally shot in New York, and with total budgets limited to a couple hundred thousand dollars, their stories were for the most part small and dealt with who they were, the young, urban, and artistic who talk a lot about their lives and try to figure it all out. 
Some may mock them as stereotypical, but the indigent film's formula unlocked a certain creativity that, especially at the outset, produced films of lasting value. Pieces of April, Tadpole, and Puccini for beginners are three of the best, and all three are well worth your look. But not in theaters. Discovery through rental. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Chef Tarun Kapoor of the acclaimed Las Vegas restaurant Urban Turban. I know by now everybody's like drooling. This sounds great. You can also buy, you know, we were talking about that spice blend. You can buy that there, right? Because that's something that you have that at home once you go through these lessons and so forth. You got that with you. You can do this pretty much any time. Yes. I'm going to be giving out some samples for the spices, which I'm working on. There are some certain spice blends which are very, very common in every Indian household. And I would like to see them in every American household as well. So I'm working on some of those spice blends. They're going to be uh, available on the shelf in my restaurant and also in the retail market very soon. And uh, you, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be handing out some samples as well for all the cooking class attendees so that when they go home, you know, they take a fond memory of the cooking class and then they have something to experiment with. You got the so tools. That they have to go to the supermarket looking for all those spices or anything. So basically, I want to make it very, very simple and easy, easy, easy going for all my 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 audience. So they don't, they don't have to, with using the ingredients which are commonly available in their every household with a sample of what I'm going to give them, they're going to dish out an Indian meal. You know, and, and finally... It's fun. I mean, people can listen to you, and you've got all that passion and excitement about the food. It's it's a fun food, and people. I know you do stuff for corporate groups. Uh, you know, if uh, they call girls' night out or that kind of thing, it's just wonderful for that kind of thing too. And again, it's so affordable. It, it's just uh, it's really a form of entertainment and a skill learning all at the same time. Yes, it is. Cooking classes have always been fun. You see the amount of cooking channels which are on air. You know, they are, they are growing day by day. So if you get an opportunity to go and meet and see a chef cooking in front of you in Indian food, which, is, which has never happened in Las Vegas, so why not? It's, um, it's, a, it's a deal not to be missed out. Okay, well, let's tell people where it is. It's Urban Turban. It's at 3900 Paradise Road. It's open from 11 to 3 for lunch, 6 to 10 for dinner. And, Chef, if people want, before they head out to Vegas, they want to check you out, where do we go on the social media out there to find out more about what you're cooking and that kind of what's on the menu and that stuff? Yes, we, we open, um, as you mentioned, the timings. And um, we are available on the social media. All the information is there. We are there on Yelp. And um, we, we are very, very active on Facebook, and we keep on updating the recipes. I also post recipe of the week. I also give my cooking tips, you know, the dish of the day. And I'm very, we are very, very active on Facebook as well, you know. So if anybody wants to look, look us up, Facebook is the right platform to look us up. Yeah, it's Urban Turban LV. Uh, UrbanTurbanLV.com, yes. Yeah, you're doing all sorts of stuff. Hey, Chef, thank you so much for being there. I can't wait to drop by and uh, taste some of this stuff. We'll check back with you in a few months and uh, talk about how the response you've gotten from this uh, great, these great classes. Sure. Thank you so much. Time now for another Vegas Art Minute with the art expert from Pawn Stars, Brett Maley of Art Encounter. Today, Brett and I are discussing some of the great eccentric artists we're all familiar with. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. Everybody falls in love somehow. 
Do you find that these great artists tended to be kind of uh, peculiar people? I mean, on the one hand, you got a guy like Leonardo da Vinci, who is one of the great geniuses of our world. Uh, uh, do they all have kind of that thing, or does it just vary across the board? Well, I think it varies, but I think you can definitely look at a lot of the masters throughout history, and in a lot of ways, they're, they're tortured souls. I mean, you look at artists like Jackson Pollock, you look at artists even like Picasso, um, and they, they, in Van Gogh, you mentioned he had a lot of issues. And, you know, I think, uh, again, uh, art was, a, was an outlet for them. That's why, you know, not to get off subject, I think, you know, we need to have that outlet in schools and, you know, for, for people that, you know, might have some, some issues that they don't have a way to vent. Uh, art provides that outlet. And, uh, again, um, you know, uh, a lot of frustrations, too, on behalf of certain artists is they have the visions in their head and they can't get them out uh, the way they want to see them on the canvas. So, you know, that's where a lot of the turmoil arises, I think. To me, Brett and his family, just head out to Art Encounter, just minutes from the strip. Check them out at artencounter.com. You can even get picked up from your hotel by a limousine. And now let's visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. You know, one of the biggest stories in Vegas this summer has been the return of Wolfgang Puck to the Vegas Strip. Is that kind of a big deal? You know, for a while he was a super chef, and now there's so many around here. It doesn't seem particularly special, but I know people are looking forward to it. Spago goes back to the Beverly Hills well, last century. Yeah, I think, I think there's several things going on here. One of them is that the place that it, uh, the new Spago at Bellagio is replacing was a Todd English uh, restaurant called Olive. So Todd English got cut up, caught up in the Me Too movement. Uh, with a little sexual harassment scandal, allegedly. So he was kind of given the boot by MGM Resorts. Spago had kind of, uh, I, I mean, it was a groundbreaking restaurant here in town because Wolfgang Puck, a personal acquaintance of mine, not to brag, uh, but we we bumped into each other in LA and then uh, I worked at Caesars Entertainment for a while. But a uh, really nice guy, just very kind of, funny and flamboyant and just uh, a great guy but uh, that restaurant was really taken for granted by the forum shops at Caesars so I think uh, for him it's kind of a refresh of you know new location let me let me get into Bellagio very you know great uh, amazing resort and uh, I, th I think it's going to be um, great for the Bellagio too because it's a recognizable name it's a celebrity chef and the food is just really top-notch. It's always been good, even at the foreign shops. But now it'll give them a chance to kind of take a step back. And what do we want to bring to Bellagio specifically? Revamp the menu, new location, great view, as far as I can tell. I, I uh, saw a rendering, and it looks like they're going to be right, you know, kind of looking out on the fountains. That anywhere at the Bellagio is just beautiful because that fountain is 20 feet away. So I think it's great for, I think it's great for Bellagio. I think it's great for Wolf. Wolfgang Puck and that Spago brand. And I don't know what's going into the space at the forum shops. There's a great, uh, if you're at the forum shops and you're looking for Italian food, go to the Palm restaurant. There's a little insider tip. They have the, uh, one of the best chicken parms in Las Vegas. I'm a big fan of chicken parm. I never, uh, I don't think I ever had it at Spago, but it's delicious. So don't don't pine for Spago too much if you're at the forum shops at Caesars. Go across the way to the Palm. Make sure to check out Scott's blog, VitalVegas.com, every day for updates on the ever-changing news of Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us. Next week, you'll meet one of the pioneers of big stadium and festival entertainment acts coming to Las Vegas. His name is Pat Christensen, and he'll share his vision for Vegas in the next several years. Thanks again for listening. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Viva! The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com.